0: Hey CrossFit Kindred, this is Vanna Trung. We're finally back on the Kindred podcast. Uh, it's been a while, so I thought that i get back on, talk about um, some new things today. And I'm actually driving, hands free, don't worry, I'm not holding the phone. I have a little device. <laughs> so I'm driving and recording this podcast. Uh, but today's topic is about preparation. And um, it's going to be key because it's actually coming back to... Uh, haunt me in my life. I'll share my story in a bit, but uh, one of the quotes that kinda is ringing in my head right now is uh, is about preparation. And it goes that it says, it's better to be prepared and not have the opportunity than to have the opportunity and not be prepared. So, you can definitely control your preparation, but you can't necessarily control your opportunity. However, when you do get that opportunity, Um, and you are prepared, you're just ready to put your best foot forward. And uh, I have two examples, actually, of preparation in my life. Uh, The first one is an example of me not being prepared at all, as you guys have known, or some of you have known, if you're kind of part of the CrossFit Open. Um, I was competing for, uh, I'm in the women's division for Vietnam. And this year, you know, CrossFit, like we talked about in our last episode, CrossFit changed the rules so that if you win your country, you could punch a ticket to the games. And actually, you don't have to live in the country that you're competing for, you just have to have citizenship in that country. Um, so lo and behold, I actually have dual citizenship. Yes, I am a Vietnamese citizen and a United States uh, citizen. So I thought, you know, hey, be kind of cool to compete for Vietnam because, you know, hey, I might rank higher in Vietnam. Well, hell, it turned out I'm ranked second and I'm being called to submit my videos because they're validating the country winner. So dang, this is this is like getting real, y'all. It's getting real. Um, So anyhow, my example of poor preparation is that I was not prepared to be in the CrossFit open (laughs) no surprise Um, I didn't train like I was going to be in the CrossFit open I didn't do the workouts like I was going to be in the CrossFit open nor did I record any of the videos that I was supposed to as if I was someone who wanted to go to the CrossFit opens so therefore my lack of preparation leading up to the open during the open has resulted in me having to redo my videos uh, for the two workouts that they've requested me to submit the videos for so yes it's a little burner I'm letting that sink in obviously I'm mentally preparing myself right now um, but the good thing is I do have a second opportunity so that's the cool thing about um, you know just living and training or just life in general You'll get other opportunities. So if you squander the first opportunity, what have you learned? What have you? What can you do differently the second time around, or the third time around, or the fourth time around? You know how many other opportunities you have. If you're if you have like breath in your lungs, then you still have opportunities coming your way. So don't feel like you're never gonna get opportunities ever, uh, whether it be in training. I'm just I'm talking about just life in general, not just like in the fitness life, but you know, particularly in the fitness life, if you mess up on a competition or you just didn't put your best foot forward in a particular event or a workout, you know, you can always learn from it and try again and implement those things that you learn. So going back to preparation, the most important thing I want you all to understand is that you can control your preparation. Okay. So that means it's, it's on you. You have to own it. You have to uh, take responsibility and be accountable to yourself and if you messed up you got to say damn i messed up like for me i had to own the fact that i was not prepared to be in the crossfit open that's nobody's fault that's not my judge's fault that's not my coach's fault that's not the gym's fault that's not my work's fault that's my fault i didn't prepare i didn't do the necess- i didn't take the necessary steps day in, day out, or whatever it is that I needed to do to get to the CrossFit Open. Um, but I do have to say there's a little caveat to that because, you know, I think also what your desires are, or what your goals are, will impact your preparation or what your purpose is, right? So for me, like, I think my training would have been entirely different if my goal would have been hey, I want to get to the CrossFit Games to represent Vietnam. You know, had I had that mindset, had I put that out there in the first place, that would have changed my action. So going back to you as a person, you as a member in the gym training, you got to remember why you are here training every day. It's not just exercise. It's not just like a waste of time passing the day. You have to have this like, purpose as to why you're in the gym and why you're putting in the hard work because when it gets hard and you don't have a purpose you're going to want to quit but at the end of the day like if you have a goal if you have a purpose um, it will help you continue on and to press through even when it's difficult even when it's challenging even when it's mundane or you have the temptation to quit or you know not come to the gym or not even try anymore Um, that purpose is going to drive you to go forward and push forward. So I know we talked about earlier in one of our podcasts earlier in the year, one of the episodes, but it talked about, you know, setting uh, your purpose and as to your whys, as to what you're doing. I think that definitely establishes your or affects your preparation and your training. And then number two, it's like once you have your purpose and your why, you just got to stick with it. You know, a lot of times people quit too fast or too early and I have to say that's like a lot of us you know and I'm not just talking about like people in the gym but you know maybe there's like you have an educational goal or finance goal you know the, the reason why people get results is because they didn't quit and that's so 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 true so here's me getting a lot more personal again um but you know, back in the day uh, when the recession crashed, it was 2008, you know, I had a goal to buy my first house. And that was a pretty crazy goal, outlandish goal. Um, but thank God I had some mentors and some, you know, sound advisors in my life saying, hey, you know, you should start saving your money, start cutting back on your expenses and try to buy a house. god for my pastor jeff man that guy had so much wisdom not just in the church but you know just in life and financial wisdom too but basically he taught me to you know he taught us not just me but he talked about like you know buying a a beater car saving your money not throwing away and trying to like catch catch, uh, keep up with the joneses right so before you guys knew me and my car and my gym and the stuff that i have now like i had this honda civic And it was like my favorite, like, ninja ride. Like, I had that Civic for like 10, 11 years. I mean, I drove that baby to like 100 and something thousand miles. But I sacrificed, and I had that car because I had a goal in mind. I had a goal to buy a house, and I didn't want to take on more debt because that's going to increase my debt-to-income ratio and affect how much money I can borrow. Um, So I stuck to the game plan, had that thing in sight. I wanted to buy my first house. And going back to being being persistent so finally the opportunity came the market crash a housing market crash so prior to everything uh, Silicon Valley housing was on this incredible boom and uh, housing prices just like they are now was skyrocketing And just for those of you guys who are thinking about buying a house and you think it's like totally far-fetched and it's outlandish I'm telling you it's cyclical right because that was 2008 and it's 2019 now so like 11 years ago there was this crash So I'm not prophesying anything or predict, I don't have a crystal ball and tell you the housing market's gonna crash. But I am saying that you know opportunity's gonna come. Opportunity's gonna come, you gotta be prepared. And for me, that opportunity came in 2008. So I had my finances right, I didn't have a lot of debt, I paid off my student loan. I didn't really have much loans because I was blessed with the scholarship and I kinda did my own thing in college so I didn't have to have a lot of debt. Um, so I was just doing my thing, you know, and for one entire year, I was looking for a house. I mean, I'm talking about like, there was this, there was this generous man. He worked for the city of San Jose. He, he was my realtor and thank God, like God put him in my corner. But literally like nobody wanted to work with me in terms of real estate agents And for for those of you all who are real estate agents or work with real estate agents, you know that they get paid on on transaction, right? So it's commission-based. And nobody wants to work with you. It's going to take so long and it's so difficult for them to get paid on your deal. So I had like brokers just turn me down like, dude, you're young, you don't have any money. It's just, nah, I don't want to work with you. But thank God this man was in my corner. He worked for the city of San Jose, so he was in this uh, department where you know, they were specifically designed to help first-time owners like myself. And for one year, Edgar, Edgar's my broker, Edgar and I visited like hundreds of homes in San Jose. I would leave during my lunch hour at work, before work, after work. I mean, anytime that was a listing that popped up in my price range, Edgar and I was at the house going checking it out we check it out we write an offer and it would it went on for like a year like I had stacks of all the offers I put put in on those houses it was like 30 plus properties dude so finally and this is like you know I I, I go to church and I believe in God so if, I mean I don't want to offend anybody if, you, if that's not your thing but all good but like for me I was like dude this house is straight a miracle because the last house that I ended up, um, visiting and then we'll fast forward and you'll hear the end of the story, but this house popped up on the market and we visited and it was like, at this point I was kind of like tired, you know, I was just kind of feeling fatigued, like and if you never bought a house and you never fought for something it's kind of hard but just think about you fighting for something for an entire year get an opportunity then you get denied 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 so I would get denied I got denied like 30 plus times right so at this point uh, my faith has been really dwindled down and I almost wanted to like quit but the last house we saw Edgar was like well do you like the house and I said yes and then he's like look, I want you to know something about this house. There are 50 offers on this house. Five, oh, five, oh. That's how crazy the housing market was because all the housing prices had crashed. All these crazy investors had been flooding the Silicon Valley and they were just outbidding regular people like myself out left and right because they coming in with cash offers, cash offers. So apparently, I don't know, this is what was uh the listing agent told my agent was that there's there's 50 offers on this house so if you guys want it you got to come in with your best offer so edgar was like yo there's 50 house uh, 50 offers on this house do you want it and i said no i said no he asked me do i do i like it and i said yes i like the house but he told me the 50 offers and i was like edgar i don't know he's like do you like the house i said yes i like the house And he said, you got to put an offer in. You got to put an offer in. So I was like, all right, I can't quit. I got to put this offer in. I got to put this offer in. I put the offer in on a Friday. And I kid you not, dude, this is a straight miracle. Like I went down that Monday morning. I knew something amazing was going to happen. I just kind of felt it in my spirit. I had prayed about it with my friend at my job. She's a Christian too. So she was like, lady, let me pray with you. We went downstairs and prayed about it. Dude, Monday morning, he calls me. My broker goes, you must be the luckiest woman in San Jose. Next time I want you to buy lottery tickets for me because you got your offer accepted. (laughs) And literally, that's how I got into the housing market. I was 25 years old. I had no money. But for one year, I did not quit, dude. I did not quit. So if you want something, you cannot quit. The reason why certain people have results, have goals is because they didn't quit. And that's part of the preparation process. If you're preparing yourself and you don't quit, you continue on and you're consistent and you are persistent. Persistent is a different level of of consistency because you're pressing through when it's challenging. You're pressing through when you don't feel like coming or you don't feel like eating clean, you don't feel like eating healthy. You feel like you're always gonna be big, you're always gonna have this weight or you're always gonna be on pills or you're always gonna be sick. You gotta press through those negative thoughts And you got to really, really drive and not quit. And that's the only reason why I have a house because I didn't quit. And from that one little house that I bought on the east side, I was able to gain appreciation and flip it and sell that house, get two other houses, sell those houses and here I am. I own a business, I still have a house and I've been through both sides of buying and selling. So what, am I saying this to brag? No, I'm not saying this to brag and to boast. I'm saying this because I live this. I'm not talking out of some like inspirational book that I heard from somebody else like I'm talking about this is this happens in my real life this is stuff that I've tried and I've tested because I walked it out in real life and it could happen if it happened for me it could happen for you like whatever it is you you're, you're aiming for I don't know I mean it may not be a house maybe it's something else like you just can't quit and that's part of your process. And uh, I do want to add kind of like a final thought to that is that you have to speak positively. A lot of times we sabotage ourselves by our negative talk. And I'm totally guilty of that. When I'm, in, when I'm stressed out and I have anxiety, I'm such a negative Nancy because I'm just like, I'm, I don't know, this is hard because like, I'm very passionate. So I'm like a passionate person. And that works in a good way if you're like hyped about a good thing. But it works against you if you're sad because then you'd be like super sad and you're all like down and you talk negative. And that's kind of like my situation. So I'm, I'm learning as I get older now, you know, I have to like kind of be more tempered, <laughs> tempered in my <laughs> extremities. I have to be more tempered in terms of uh, what I want and uh just kind of not taking it to the extreme like i can't be super super negative it's okay to be realistic and say like okay here's what the challenges that i'm facing but i know i'm gonna overcome it but i know i'm not gonna quit but i know i'm gonna get there but i know i'm gonna lose my my weight you know so it's always you speaking that positivity in your life and kind of saying staying staying the course that you don't sabotage yourself because a lot of times we'll say things that um just basically defeats us already like oh it's too hard I could never do that I can never do a handstand push-up yeah you can never do it if you think like that if your mindset is already made up that you cannot do it you will not be able to do it but if you say I don't know how to do it yet I haven't learned that yet I'm still working on it you know that's a total change that's another way to look at things and attack life and attack your training is that look you acknowledge your weakness but you're not going to speak down on yourself you're not going to speak negative you're not going to be negative about yourself not going to say negative things not going to dwell on negative thoughts and just think about what you haven't learned yet and move forward in this you know i can spend the next 2 two days 48 hours beating myself up for not recording the videos or i can use that time and instill positive energy and be like, you know what, that's cool, I'll just redo the workout, I'm gonna do the same or better, I'm gonna do better, I'm gonna do better, because the first time I did it, I know I didn't press here, I didn't try that hard enough. And 19.1, I definitely know I could do better. 19.3 is gonna suck, I have to redo it, but I know I can get there, I just have to get to the wall and I just have to demonstrate that I have that work capacity to do what I did the first time so i want to encourage you guys uh, don't give up don't quit you can control your preparation and when that opportunity comes you're going to be prepared and then you're going to step forward with your best foot give it all you got you know what i'm saying like do your best and forget the rest so all right guys make sure you subscribe to our podcast if you find this uh, motivating or inspiring for yourself and you want to forward it to your friend definitely forward it to your friend um, we got some cool things happening in the gym that I definitely would advise you to take advantage of. New classes, new schedules. We got a comp training class on Thursday. We moved barbell on a Friday night so you can work on your lifting, Friday night lift. We're putting a new uh, Olympic platforms into the gym so that you can hone in your lifting skills in a safe and dedicated area. Uh, we got a conditioning series on running. I'm gonna be trying to... Uh, work on that with y'all because you know running is not you know my strength either I will do it because it's part of the workout um, but I know that there's definitely things that we can hone in and learn in terms of mechanics uh, assessing our running striving to get certain benchmark runnings so that running conditioning series is going to be on Saturday mornings So Saturday's pretty jam-packed day but you can come in Saturday work out at 8 or 9 um, take a quick break or just, you know, go to 9 o'clock class and go straight to the conditioning class. I'm not going to kill you, but it is going to be like kind of a complementary uh, adjunct type of training in addition to your CrossFit. And again, CrossFit training is really developed to, to change, change your life and live your lifestyle. So it's, it's a consistent five or six day type of training program that CrossFit theory teaches us. Um, so if you're, you're there, you know, you're not finding consistency with just a minimum membership, then definitely talk to us. If you want to upgrade or go to another level this season, the weather's nice. And yo, like summer's around the corner. So let's get on it. Let's work on that summer beach body right now. Right. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, being part of the gym. Love you guys. Have a great day. See you in the box. Bye.